Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today will be part two of our discussion of chapter one of Freemasons for Dummies by Christopher Hoda. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Today on the Working Tools Podcast, we have me, Matt Apple, I'm the member of Mill Creek Lodge number 243 in Montlake Terrace, Washington. We have Worshipful Brother Stephen Chun, who's a past master of Prince Charles Lodge number 153 in lovely Kelowna, British Columbia. And very Worshipful Brother David Colbeth, who's the current Worshipful Master of King Solomon Lodge number 60 in Auburn, Washington. And uh, today we'll be continuing our discussion from the last episode of chapter one of the working or of the working tools podcast. Yes. <laughs> chapter one of Freemasons for Dummies by Chris Hodap. And uh, so it's the third episode about the book, but the second one about the first chapter. So it, it all adds up. Trust me. Don't do math on TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or work with dogs, right? Um, so we had sort of left off after our discussion of proficiency and and the, no one speaks for masonry. We, we discussed that briefly. So, um, and in the next little section, there's sort of just a, almost just a terminology discussion. Did you guys have any deep thoughts on lodge versus blue lodge versus craft lodge versus? Not, not really. I mean, I, in the beginning, I guess a little bit. It, it it confused me in the beginning. What the heck is this blue lodge thing? I didn't understand the difference between blue lodge and red lodge and all these. Because our, our the guy ahead of me, two stairs ahead of me, was from Idaho originally, and they had they called them red lodges, which is really, I guess, their York right. But and so all these different colors, I didn't make didn't make sense to me. And he says in the next second paragraph, why I explain why it's blue in chapter seven, and I wanted to read ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and which, uh, by the way. <laughs> Which, by the way, he mentions that in the beginning. He said, this is really built as a reference book. You can go anywhere you want. You don't have to read it from cover to cover. Uh, you can go anywhere you want. But I'm going to reserve myself and not read ahead to Chapter 7 to be surprised. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this, is, this is where he mentions appendant or concordant bodies in the two paragraphs down. Different groups are called appendant or concordant. So, I'm hoping he explains himself the difference between appended and concordant. The, the only the only way that I had that definition was I felt like appendant meant you had to have a mason in it. And it was appendant, like it was an appendage, connected, where concordant was just somehow related. Didn't necessarily have to have a mason. But don't most of the groups have to have a master mason? <laughs> right. Gosh, I someone think. told me once that one or the <laughs> other, <laughs> I think a pendant was you had to be a Mason to be a member, whereas concordant was sonically related, but like whatever, Amaranth or OES, that's that's not just for Masons. Gotcha. Just like, a, like Shrine or Scottish Rite, York Rite would be a pendant, Grotto, that, all those other things. That's what I've been told. I, I can't say I have okay. a great deal of confidence in that. I, I could give credence to that. I would. 
We'll have to wait for part, was it say part three, I think? Uh-huh. <laughs> read ahead. He does emphasize what Steve said, that, that there's no degree higher than the three degrees of man receives in the Masonic Lodge. And he refers to that as a craft lodge. And I would agree that craft lodge is what, when we're talking about Blue Lodge and the three degrees, we're talking about the craft lodge. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. What, my question is, why then does he say Christopher Hodap 30, 32nd degree right off the cover there? If it's not any better, then oh, why, why do that? That's why he did the update, because in the second edition, he's a 33rd degree Mason. Ah, there we go. He knows more. <laughs> he had to have a new cover. He had to have a new cover. <laughs> and, and, and in this edition, uh, the third edition, he refers to himself as a 33rd and a past master and a Knights Templar. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Why did he add Knights Templar? So, so that means he went York right and not Scottish right. Mm. Well, both, I guess. Right? Well, uh, no, because then he would be not. He would be. He'd have another title there too. Well, that's what thirty third degree Mason. Thirty third degree is right. Yeah. Scottish right. No. Yeah. A Templar. No. Thirty. The idea of being a thirty-third degree Mason or thirty-second degree Mason is got is a Scottish Rite related degree of well, coronation. Is that the word? Is it is it not in the York Rite as well? No, I don't think so. That's where Knights Templar Knight Templar is basically a thirty-third degree Scottish Rite Mason equivalency. Okay, isn't it? Well, I never went that way, so I'm, I'm uneducated in that department. I don't go both ways either. I only. <laughs> All right, now back to the book. Back to the book. So, wearing aprons, real men do it. Yes, we do. Oh, wait a minute. We skipped the whole section on public ceremonies. Yeah. <clears throat> well, which, which I was surprised that there wasn't installations in here. He doesn't comment on installations. So, is that a Washington thing? Matt uh, smiling. Uh, funny, I just went to the installation of Victoria Columbia number one a couple weekends ago. And they had an open installation, and apparently it is under a trial process in BC and Yukon, because this was their first open installation that that lodge had had in the 165, I want to say, year history of the lodge. And they're they're trying it out to see if they want to make open installations a thing or not. I, I don't uh, see that section of ceremonies. Oh, for 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 me, it's between right between uh. Lodges and blue lodges, etc., and real men wear aprons. There's a section called Public Ceremonies of Freemasons. Yeah, me too. Um, not in mine. Just goes right from meeting in lodges, blue lodges, craft lodges, and more to wearing aprons. Real men. Do. Interesting. That section's yeah. gone. I got out of reading a whole bunch, I'm sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, yeah, so, but the, as far as public ceremonies go, I. I personally think I enjoy our public ceremonies. I'm, of course, I'm a Mason, so you know, there you go. Um, the the cornerstones and uh, cornerstones, in particular. I mean, funerals are can be impressive as well, but uh, they're a little less happy usually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But cornerstones, in particular, I, I've only been to a one or two, and, but I've really enjoyed those ceremonies, and I I think they're pretty cool. I think it's a good way. These public ceremonies are a way to I don't know, show the rest of the world that we still exist, basically. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. I think cornerstone, uh, the cornerstone laying ceremonies are great. Uh, I, 
I'm not so sure about the open installation thing. Uh, I've heard that they're being trialed here, but I haven't been to one, so can't comment really. The exactly one I've been to was really good. They did it really well. Yeah, I, I've always thought it was an opportunity for the public to see the better side of what we do in our ritual versus funerals. It was interesting, though, in, and so you know, I haven't seen it, Steve, that in the last line, he indicates in the funerals that many men, including himself, sought membership in Lodge after seeing the funeral service for the first time. And so I was that's surprising that he left that out in the new edition because that's how he, according to this, that's how he became a Mason. And so yeah. that's that was surprising to me. I was I was surprised to hear that people, I guess I wouldn't have thought of that, but that makes sense. Yeah, there was, I, I can't remember if I've heard him say this on a podcast or if it's in the book somewhere, because I read the book years ago. But I think that was one of the, as he said, though, he became a Mason because he went to a funeral for someone. I can't remember who. I, I, this, this is going to be a great story because I can't remember the details. But essentially, he went to a funeral uh, for a family member. And the family member was a Mason and was did not really know m many people in the area where their funeral was. And he essentially called up the local lodge and said, hey, do you guys do something about this? And like, you know, 20 Masons showed up to this guy's funeral for someone they'd never met before, did a ceremony and and involved themselves in it and acquitted themselves very well. And Chris basically said, yeah, I think this is something I might want to be a part of and, and looked into it. And I can sort of see that, you know, I can see a family member watching this ceremony and saying, you know, I'm I'm sorry to have lost this family member. But, you know, if, if what these guys are saying is true in this funeral service, this is something I want to be a part of. Yeah, I've I've actually known a couple of um, brothers that joined via being introduced to masonry at a funeral service, and, and you know, it, yeah, it's it's the 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 verbiage that's used in the descriptions. I can totally see why that would be an attraction. Especially to find out that their uncle or their great uncle or their you know the relative that that passed that meant so much to them they had no idea, but they held them in such high regard, right? Mm -hmm. That's usually the case in in the ones I've seen, anyways. Mm -hmm. So, I guess we can move on to wearing aprons then. <laughs> did uh, did did you have any notes about it since you you brought it up, Steve? Did you have a? Um, no, but I. I... You know, one thing that um, that's interesting to me, I mean, we just started going back to this in uh, in our lodge. When someone becomes a master mason, they get a fancy apron with a blue trim, and um, it's the one they wear. But in our ritual we give them a white lambskin or a leather apron. And when it comes time to that, for that funeral service, that's what's placed on the, on the casket. If there is one is the white lambskin uh, or leather apron that they were given. Right. So now we've actually started the practice of giving them that white lambskin or leather apron, as well as, the pretty blue one that they can wear um, to most lodge functions, right? Um, 
I found that interesting. I thought, well, why would we do that? But our ritual says we do. That's why. Yeah, there's. Yeah, we do the. We give. We give people a white apron, but anything beyond that that they want is on them. So we. Uh, I guess it goes in the past master aprons, or whatever. But I think we we had a whole couple episodes about aprons, so. Mm -hmm. Maybe I yeah, shouldn't yeah. rehash that. It, it's still it's still interesting to me that you receive a, a master mason's apron, which is separate from your white apron. Because uh, our ritual says, <laughs> I guess our ritual does. Again, it's not always it's not your ritual, obviously, or anybody else's ritual. But yeah, interesting. But really, why? I mean, we have them run around with the apron, the white leather apron. For their first two degrees why wouldn't we just let them continue with that yeah i i there's other than some decorations on the on the blue trimmed apron um until they become a a, a master of the lodge i don't know that's a that's a good one to bring up in our our next bogp is uh you know why are we now buying them two aprons <laughs> Speaking of BOGP, I'm this close to getting that started. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> if, That's if awesome. If you're all curious about border general purposes, it's uh, we have several conversations over the last several years about my passion and my excitement about BOGP. And we're, I'm calling it the leadership meeting, mm. which is basically a, a hidden, a hidden BOGP. Anyway. Speak as a as a public service announcement about white aprons in our Eastern Ridgeline. I don't know if it's in BC or anywhere else in the world. It says that it's supposed to be yours, yours to keep with your own honorable life to be placed with you on your burial. I, my my wife's family has had unfortunately several deaths over the last few years in her family, and the guy that brought kind of really brought me into masonry. I call him my uncle Jesse. It's really her uncle Jesse. Uh, I've I've received several of his lot he he was a secretary so he had a lot of stuff given to him over the years and so then i just well david's the mason so then i get all of his stuff well she, her mom and her dad passed a couple years ago and her mom passed this last year and so they're going through the home and and there's it's it's, it's a lot of stuff and their brother her brothers are into masonry and so the stuff that's anything related to masonry basically yeah you take it home give it to david or let him see it whatever so just tonight she was there all day today and just tonight she came and gave me a box we opened it up and inside what was inside my uncle jesse's white apron <laughs> so obviously he wasn't buried with it either and i i have her grandfather's white apron that was given to me 10 years ago when i became a master as a special gift which i was treasured and i just think you know why isn't this why doesn't this happen why don't these people bury but i think in the moment you don't think about it really you know and so not to be morbid, but put a put a will together, put something simple together, and make sure that your loved ones know where your white apron is. That's um, yeah. You know what? Actually, we just put together our uh, uh, stuff because we pre prepaid for my cremation and whatnot. So uh, I think I'll, I'll add that instruction in there that my I'm to be cremated with my white leather apron and. And uh, make sure they know where it is. That's a good point. The um, yeah, 
Do you all do you all have a uh, interment, uh, a place for to intern aprons that weren't put with their owner for their last resting? Like we we have a couple of different apron interment sites here in Washington. That, interment sites that they can I... bury all they'll bury the white aprons basically separately as with a, they have a special ceremony and actually it was an, it was a ceremony written a few years ago for that interment process. Uh, but not that I'm aware. I mean, I know I know there's a, a Masonic cemetery down on the coast, but I I'm not aware of an internment thing. Something I could look into, but I got to be a part of that ceremony uh, this year. So I I would say it was fun, but you know it was akin to a funeral. So fun might not be the right word, but it was a, it was a good ceremony. It was pretty moving. And the oration, of course, was brilliant and stirring and had people laughing in the aisles and crying and etc. Mm -hmm. mm. For those of you who don't know, Mad Star Grand Orator this year. <laughs> Five more months. Then they fire me. Um yeah. Sorry. You were about to say something, Steve? So uh, unless you guys got anything else, nope. uh, mo moving on to keeping secrets, and, and there, yeah, I, I highlighted, yeah, but I kind of highlighted this section in there, where it says, for a lot of years, fathers, grandfathers, and neighbors baffled young men who were interested in joining the fraternity by refusing to discuss anything about it, um, out of the fundamental misunderstanding about Masonic secrecy. Um, they figured they weren't allowed to tell anything about it, but you know, it's sad because a lot of um, young men did not join because they didn't know they had to ask the question. And and yet they watch their uncles, their dads, their grandfathers get dressed up once a month in a suit or, or you know, in my case, you know, three times a week in a suit and go out to, to lodge. Uh, functions all over the valley right and i think by not having open discussion about freemasonry with um our youth of we're, we're doing them a disservice because so many of them are curious but not for some reason curious enough curious enough to ask the right question right um and I, I think that we are somewhat depriving them of that opportunity um, because maybe they don't join until, or maybe they don't think about joining until they're at the funeral service listening to those things. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember years ago, I was doing some reconnaissance work for a long range planning and I was at a, I think it was a lot of leadership retreat actually. And we were having supper and so I was asking the guys around the table, you know, how do they get introduced to Masonry? And uh, there's a man in his had to be late forties or middle fifties. And he was saying that he was a relatively new, he was an officer. And I said, Oh, have you been out and pat me on master before? Oh no, no. <clears throat> the first time through, I just became Mason a couple of years ago. And I said, I was so I was surprised at that. Cause well, yeah, exactly the same story, Steve is he had seen his uncle and dad leave out and they were, they were farmers, Eastern, Eastern Washington, and they had seen him get dressed up and go to lodge and never ask anything about it. And finally, when he was in his late thirties or forties, whatever, he's finally said, 
so dad, what's this thing about? And he goes, well, you finally asked me <laughs> 30 years of it, 40 years of his life, you know, 30 years of his life. He could have been having a brotherly relationship with his father and uncle or whatever and wasted. So sad. Yeah. I'm, I, it, it baffles me, you know, as active as I am and as open as I am, neither of my stepsons have asked and they know that their grandfather, their great grandfather, and um, I think a great uncle um, were Masons. So it surprises me that they haven't even asked the question. But we are all going on a trip to Mexico at the end of the month. So if I happen to be able to work things into conversation, eh, maybe they ask. Right. <laughs> Just don't go into a certain bar. Right. <laughs> Inside joke, everybody on the on the blue room. Right. So uh, speaking of having a pass, <laughs> do, do you guys have membership cards up in Canada? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's not unique we, to the United States, but no. Um, which we don't and, have cards anymore. It's all electronic. All electronic. Yeah, you, you guys have gone electronic, right? But are you guys using the Amity app? No, granted. Okay, because that, that's another thing that's out there that's gaining a lot of momentum is um if you'd like to learn uh, about amity you can go back to one of our shows and listen yeah <laughs> we had the amity and, guys on a couple years ago and, and the amity app is now being used to as membership a proof of membership and being current um all over and we haven't adopted it here yet because it's it's not um oh, i guess sure. regulated or, yeah. or gone through the regulatory body of our jurisdiction yet but um so we're still using the old uh you know the business card size uh uh oh you know well at one point i guess the conference of grand secretaries is the one that was controlling the book of regular lodges is that correct you know matt and then the conference of grand secretaries i think was was managing or whatever the the book of regular lodges and then they were good discussions with amity and i think that's on the show i think the guys in amity talk about that that they Amity was going to take it over and then it didn't quite work out. Something happened and Amity never became the official electronic app for it. But cause I think the council of grand secretaries was going to continue it or I don't know, something like this. A list of lodges Masonic. Yeah. They were <laughs> going to take that over and yeah, they, they didn't. And at least for Washington Masons, it's in Grandview now where there's actually a list of grand lodges with whom the grand lodge of Washington is in, in whatever. Amity with, and then they like list the component, the membership lodges are there. And it's actually pretty cool because when I traveled to Iowa and I wanted to go visit a lodge there, I looked up and yes, we we talked to the Grand Lodge of Iowa and then it listed their lodges. And I said, oh, this is the one I want to go visit. And it took me to that lodge's website so I could contact their secretary and say, hey, I'm planning on going out. Okay. It actually worked really well. I think I had that backwards. Wasn't it the MSA that was is what was controlling the Book of Lodges Masonic? List of Lodge Masonic. I think it was MSA, and then they were going to stop publishing it. So then, Conference of Grand yeah, it's not published it. anymore. It's it's dead as a as a book. Is yeah, it? it's not. Yeah. Anyway. Well, well that so, was a lot about Abrams. Yeah. <laughs> like two paragraphs in my book, but we've been talking about that for a while. Yeah. So speaking, and, of, I guess. Well, no, we were talking about secret society, weren't we? Because you were just talking, telling your your secret society stories. I'm never quite sure what they mean by a society with secrets as opposed to a secret society. I guess secret society is, I wouldn't have a license plate that says Freemason on it. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those Illuminati people. Yeah. Right. The, the skull and bones and whatever. And so in you guys' book, do you have a section called Pro- Providing Something for Everyone? Yeah. I, I, and to me, that section just says it's masonry is different for every person, kind of, sort of. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I still think there should be a little bit of a McDonald's approach. There should be a little bit of the stand, in which, I mean, every jurisdiction has its own standard work, so you can't have standards across everywhere. But, but it would be nice if they did. Well, I guess that's what the Conference of Grandmasters and the landmarks, the ancient landmarks, kind of help to embroil that idea. The it's funny how I always joke with the, the 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 committee that shall be unnamed that seems to control our code and uh, <laughs> that. Doesn't really control it, but does uh, that the landmarks are referenced many, many times in the code and the standard work, but they're not actually part of any of it. It's an appendix, right? <laughs> but that's as far as it gets. That we've never declared what the landmarks are. But you know, it, it does open a good, interesting thought, though. Like for some people, it's fraternity. Some people, it's about the history. Some people, it's about symbolism and. Others consider it a place, you know, where it's a get together of, of like-minded individuals. And, um, you know, I've had this conversation because I'm, I'm, I'm the, uh, guy who meets all the seekers for the first time, you know, there, we've had a couple of guys that have come through the lodge that we don't see in our regular blue lodge on a regular basis. His, main purpose for joining Freemasonry was so that he could become a Shriner and do the good work of a Shriner, right? A Shriners did a lot for his family and, and uh, um, had such an impact on his family. That was what he wanted to do. And I actually argued on behalf of his mission um, to the membership of the lodge when it came time to talk about uh, his his petition, because who are we in Blue Lodge to say that that's not a worthy uh, aspiration, right? <laughs> right? I raised my hand. Me? Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, they do good work, and if that's his reason for joining our lodge, um, who are we to say no, right? I mean, yeah, we can always say no, but we would be depriving the Shriners of a very active participant in their in their organization and another set of strong hands to do the heavy lifting that they do, right? We're kind of bleeding into the next section too, but I agree to some extent that if the man continues to exemplify the ideals of craft mason or the three degrees. I think that may be okay to some extent. However, I don't agree with a guy that doesn't stay connected to his blue lodge, a blue, a blue lodge in some manner. I I just, I don't because those organizations wouldn't have existed without the three degrees. And I think it's a disservice to think that they should stand on their own. Now, if they want to stand on their own, 
that's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> if they want to stand their own. Yeah. And so, which may be to their benefit, you know, there's been this, I know there's been heated discussions. I've heard uh, heated discussions at Imperial about not being required to be a Mason, to be a Shriner. Well, and, and you got to remember up until, I don't know, a decade ago or so, you had to be a 32nd degree Mason to become a Shriner. Yeah. Or a, or a Knights Templar, I think one or the yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so now they've done away with that, and you only have to be a master mason to become a shriner because the pool just got that bigger, that much bigger. Yeah. Speaking of that, so that I think answers go back to Matt's comment about what the appendant bodies are. He talks about the three, what I would say, major. Well, he says it major players: York Rite, Scottish Rite, ancient nobles of the Mystic Shrines, so shriners, and those are the three main. If to use Matt's definition, appendant bodies you have to be a mason to be a member i would agree with that and we've we've talked about those and we'll talk about those ad nauseum in the future chapters mm -hmm. as well and then does he does he have the section on yours no girls allowed yep that's the last section of this <laughs> of this chapter no girls allowed and it takes up a whole page and a half right? yeah. I, yeah. I i started a lot one of the last paragraphs that says they know they're Freemasons, even if the boys don't agree. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. what's, what's a Freemason? Right. Yeah. That's all I got to say. <laughs> mm -hmm. But as, uh, my, uh, yeah, my obligation tells me I will not be at the making of a woman a Freemason. So uh, I'm. Uh, I, I have not, so I can't really comment fairly on this topic, other than the fact to say no girls allowed. <laughs> All right, Spanky. <laughs> <laughs> and with that missive from the He-Man Woman Eaters Club, <laughs> is uh, is that what they call? It? I think that was what they called. I it. think that's exactly right. You're exactly right. Yeah. Um. Did you guys have more thoughts on, on chapter one or shall we wrap it up? I think we're good. I there think we go. Good. Um, again, please contact us. Let us know what you think of the book. Um, if you happen to know Chris Hoda, send him our way. Um, but let us know what you think of the book or our conversation. Uh, we'd be happy to, to hear from you. And we look forward to talking with you again. Oh, and David is going to just going to PSA again one one more time. This will come out. I just level checked, and this will come out a week, maybe two weeks, just before Conference of Grandmasters. So if you get this message and you're thinking about it or in the Seattle, Washington, within a two- to three-hour drive or whatever flight, come on down to Seattle. It's the 20 – officially starts the 20 – what is it, Matt? What am I looking at here? Oh, 18th, I, 18th and 19th, is it right? I think so. 18th – yeah, cognma.org, Conference of Grandmasters North America. But I think it starts, the, it officially starts the 17th with some stuff, but the sessions open on the Sunday the 18th and then Monday the 19th and go on for a few more days. Uh, but yeah, definitely come out and check it out. We'll be, I don't think we'll be broadcasting live, but we'll be doing some recording and hanging out we'll be there. So look forward to seeing you. And so with that, um, on behalf of Stephen and David and myself, we thank you all for listening to the Working Tools podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>